Hello, and welcome to Living Proof, the teaching ministry of Joseph Castillo. We encourage you to listen to today's message over and over again, so that the Word of God will be in your spirit. Be a blessing, share it with your friends, and we pray that you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We also invite you to visit us online at www.anifbeijing.com. Now, really, that's all the point I need to make, just to prove to you that they have a very written in stone, etched plan to depopulate the earth so there can be a uh, an elite, and I be, and, and believe me, it's a white elite, and I'm not racist, and I don't believe in the big uh, hoaxed up racist narrative and so forth, but these elitists, they, they are white, they are white, and they want the population of the world to be only 500 million. They want every other race to be exterminated. They want almost every country to be exterminated. And they, want to sh they believe that to share the Earth's wealth and the luxury that they desire, uh, that the Earth has to be under half of a billion people, 500 million people. Their second uh, goal is to guide reproduction wisely. This is Margaret Sanger. This is the vaccinations. This is because, you know, these, a lot of Bill Gates vaccinations leave you sterile, sterilization. And then also we have the Planned Parenthood, which Bill Gates's relatives uh, were on the board of Planned Parenthood. So they want to guide reproduction wisely. The reproduction being the wise reproduction is dealing with the goal of half a billion people in the world. So in order to get to half a billion people, they have to guide reproduction wisely. To unite humanity with a new living language, they want a one world language. Isn't that interesting? If you know the Bible at all, you understand that the Antichrist wants to create a world government, a one world government, a one world language. They want to rule passion, faith, and tradition. Um, all these things with tempered reasons. So they ba basically, they want to eliminate faith. They want to eliminate religion. And so now we find the roots in this is socialism and Marxism. Uh, number five, they want to protect people and nations with fair laws and just course. They want a, basically a global government, a global government. And that's what the United Nations is uh, an attempt at. That's what the Hague is an attempt at. Not saying they don't do good things. Not saying they don't have any value, but this is the ultimate goal. This is the slippery slope. They want to be able to have one government to rule the earth. They want, number six, to let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Well, it's redundant. I just said that. Seven, they want to avoid petty laws and useless officials. They want the abolition of police. They want the abolition of local authorities. Does that sound familiar? BLM is an organization that's doing more damage 
in their cooperation, in their operations, they're doing more damage to the black community by removing the paternal structure, by removing the patriotic paternal structure, by destroying the African-American businesses and communities and, and, and promoting uh, a self-defeating narrative. And they are doing this and, and, and pushing for the abolition of authorities. This is just their agenda, which is being sponsored by George Soros, which is part of this agenda to depopulate the earth and abolish police and bring in the global government. Avoid number seven petty laws, and, and this is not conspiracy. This is this is this is fact. This is right here, Georgia Guidestones in Georgia, erected by this group, and they've been defaced several times. Here's a picture of the defacing, and so on. But let's just look at this. Eight balance personal rights with social duties. Nine to prize truth, beauty, and love, seeking harmony with the infinite. You know, basically they're Luciferian and they believe that the infinite, you know, all-knowing uh, light is Lucifer. And then number 10, to be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature. So they basically believe that with the population over half a billion, 500 million or uh, more than that, then it's also bringing damage to the earth. So they want to kill the humans, save the earth. This is their agenda. So it's all right here, the Georgia Guidestones. You can read more about it. Uh, it was uh, put together and built up uh, under occult uh, and satanic measurements and everything. You can see it's all written here. It's all in the here, and you can watch and hear more about it. Uh, and you can see how this Antichrist system is being propped up, and you can see this. So what to do in the time of crisis? God, let's take a look back at the Bible. God in Genesis chapter 12 has a way for his people. He, we know, uh, and maybe you don't know, I'm educating you. I know I'm educating you on the satanic plan. But what is God's plan? What is God's plan to defend his people, to destroy the, the, the you know, to, like Pastor Rodney always says, to take the wheels off of Pharaoh's chariots? You know, what is God's plan to, to destroy the new world order, to raise up a beautiful bride, to empower her? And, and, and part of that plan is for the just to live by faith. And the, and the way that we live by faith is we walk in an intimacy and relationship with God and fellowship with God, and we fulfill our assignment. If we all fulfill our assignment in Christ, we will be part of a greater movement of God's plan to trump the satanic plan and to bring as many people to Jesus Christ in these last days. So God, our great patriarch, he begins to, he begins to, to show us how he leads our great patriarch. And of course, Genesis was written by Moses. And somebody said, how did Moses write Genesis and Exodus and Numbers and Leviticus and Deuteronomy if he died in the process of the writing of these first five books? Well, you know, if you were in, how did he even know what happened? 
You know, if he wasn't born in Genesis 1-1, Genesis 1-2, Genesis chapter 2, he wasn't born. How did Moses know all these things? Well, if you remember when God took Moses up to the mountain and he said to cover your cover yourself, he said, because you can't see me and live. But he said, I will show you my hinder parts. And I will walk past you and I will show you my hinder parts. So what God was saying was that I'm going to show you what has happened hitherto. What has happened in the past? What has happened before time? What has happened in, in centuries past and times past, even before the, the founding and the restoration of the earth in Genesis? So what God was saying to him is, Moses, I'm going to show you everything that's led up to this point. And as you see what's led up to this point, you're going to have a greater understanding of where we're going and how, how to lead my people. Because you can't understand where we're going unless you understand where we came from so god at that time when he was on the mountain and god showed him the past things the hinder parts the things that happened in history past in god that's where he was given the revelation of the book of genesis and the things that occurred in genesis 1 and 2 and so forth so now he says in genesis 12 1 i'm gonna you know once you step out by faith and you begin to follow me i'm gonna begin abraham our patriarch, my patriarch, your patriarch, Abraham, I'm going to begin to show you things. And as I show you things, you're going to have to, be, have to take that, 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 that revelation that's brought down from heaven into this realm, maybe brought down from the third heaven to the second heaven there, and so forth, that low-hanging fruit, and you're going to grab it by faith, and you're going to walk in that direction and move in that direction, and you're going to see me split the Red Sea. So he says that if you'll do this, I will make thee, verse 2, a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. We talked about this in the last episodes. If you haven't watched it, uh, one and two, you can watch it on my Facebook or on my YouTube channel. But he says, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. God wants to raise up your name, make your name influential, make your name powerful, make your name known, so that you can be a greater blessing to more people. Because with influence, and I was talking to a lady yesterday, uh, her name is Amy Montecalvo. She's Pastor Gary Montecalvo of Destiny. She's a, she's a worshiper of the church, but she's also an actress. And she's acted on some TV shows. She's done things with Disney. And uh, she's a beautiful young Italian girl. And we were talking about how, you know, the, the arts and movies and television shows, how as a believer, this gives you a, a, a place, a platform for you to have a greater influence, to have a greater voice, to reach more people. This is part of the blessing that God gave Abraham. And if you understand that in Genesis, excuse me, that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, the Bible says that if you are, if you are Christ, then you are also the seed of Abraham. And the blessing of Abraham belongs to you in Genesis 13 and 14, it says. So, in, excuse me, Galatians 3, 13 and 14. So the blessing that God gave Abraham is a perpetual blessing. It's for him and for his children and for his children's children. And as many as far off as God would ever call, we all come in line with the same blessing of Abraham. That's why you don't need to be 
you don't have to wear a kippah and run around with the prayer shawl and blow a shofar and talk Hebrew and say uh, Yehovah and Yahweh and and Yehoka Hoka Mohoka whatever these these Yehovah. I can't even think of the silly things that Christians want to call God now and you know I just call him Abba Hallelujah I call him Father Daddy I don't have to say Jehovah Yehoka Yehovah Yehuma or whatever. You know, we get so ridiculous trying to dig up some kind of blessing uh, from the ancient roots that you don't have to do. You already have that blessing. If you belong to Jesus, Abraham's blessing is already yours. Hallelujah. And if you're born again, you don't have to study the Hebrew vowels. Your, your born again spirit cries out, Abba. And Abba is all you need to know. Hallelujah. You don't have to become a Jehovah witness to be closer to the truth. Hallelujah. You're a born again spirit cries out Abba. And in verse three, watch with me here. He says, I will bless them that bless thee. And I will curse them that curse thee. <laughs> so many Christians are worried about who's cursing them. I remember when I was in Bible college, it was Halloween, and some witches that came out to the cornfields of World Harvest Church in Columbus, Ohio, and they were out there doing magic, and they were cursing the dormitories, cursing the church, and all the Bible college students, you know, maybe my brother Hooper was in there, Kendall, they were all in, in the dorms and so forth, and, and all the Bible college students were locked in the dormitories, afraid that the witches were outside casting spells, and you know what I did? When I walked into the dorm, I said, why are you guys hiding, locked up in this place full of fear? Greater is he that's in us and that's in the world. I said, I'm going to go out there and tell that witch, if she don't get off this property, I'm going to call the police and she's going to go to jail. This is private property. So I, I went out there to approach the witch. And I was on staff at the church, and I think I called security. And I had security, one of the security guys came with me. And we went up to go confront that witch face to face. I wasn't scared if she curses me because I have the blessing of Abraham. I have the covenant of God through, through Jesus, the covenant of Abraham that says that I'll curse them that curse thee. Matter of fact, Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Why? Because they need prayer. If your enemies are cursing you, they're going to be cursed. They need your prayer. I mean, even when Jesus was being beaten and, and, and crucified, he felt so bad for them because they don't understand that the retribution for what they were doing was going to be so bad, he pitied them as he was dying. And he said, oh, Lord, please, please forgive them, Lord. Forgive them, Lord. Have mercy on them, for they know not what they do. Because if you curse me, if you attack me, if you come against me, I don't have to fight that battle. I don't have to loot and burn down stores. The Lord God said that he'll curse them that curse me. And that's part of my blessing that God has given me in Jesus through Abraham. Hallelujah. That I'll curse them that curse you. And then if you bless me, if you buy me a dinner, if you send me money, that's why I encourage people to sow and to give. Because if you bless me, you'll be blessed. That's my covenant. Hallelujah. That's not manipulation. That's the covenant 
that God gave me that those who bless and sow into my ministry and my family, not even in my ministry, you forget to sow into my ministry, just sow it into my life, sow it into my family, uh, buying me, you know, a, a watch or a dinner or, or filling my tank up with gas or buying a house for, for my family. If you bless me, not even, not even just for a crusade, if you just bless me to bless me, God will bless you. That's the covenant. I'll bless them that bless you, and I'll curse them that curse you. And we wonder why we're broke and we're struggling and, and all these things. It's because we're cursing saints, and we're withholding our hand from sowing and from giving. And we live under a curse. When God says, if you bless my children, even when they do wrong to you, you bless them. Because God is the one who does the cursing. You'll curse them that curse you. And you'll curse yourself by cursing a believer. That's why no matter what they've done to you, you just forgive them. You put them in the hands of the Lord. And you should pray mercy on them. Because what they what will return to them is worse than what they had done to you. So you need to pray for them that God would have mercy on them. Amen. What to do in the times of crisis? Number one, don't be afraid to leave the comfort zone when God speaks to you. Number two, get before the Lord and he will show you how to not only feed yourself, but how to feed others. And he will make you great and he will bless you in the time that everybody else is struggling. Because the purpose of the blessing, matter of fact, the word blessing, the word blessing even means to empower, to prosper. So the Lord empowers you to prosper so that you can also be a blessing. Look at that verse again. Let's put it back up on the screen. Verse three. A blessing to bless you, curse to curse you, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. The purpose of God's blessing on your life is so you can feed the poor. And you, the purpose of feeding the poor is so you can share them the love of God. And the purpose of sharing the love of God is so you can point them to salvation. That you can point them to a savior. Hallelujah. That is the purpose of the blessing. Now let's take a look here at Genesis chapter 15. I want to show you this verse here in Genesis chapter 15. And let's get that on the screen too. In verse 1, it says here, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. So I know that a lot of us had this thought that, you know, Abraham was just walking down the street and then he heard the audible voice of God. But he didn't get a word from God through an audible voice here in Genesis chapter 15. He got a word from God in a vision. Now, it could have been a night vision. It could have been in his sleep which oftentimes all throughout the Old Testament, you've seen Joseph and different people, God spoke to them in their dreams. But they were able to discern that the dream was from God and they obeyed the dream 
and they were able to reap the harvest from obedience to the word of the Lord that came in a dream. So here Abraham now has a vision. And in the vision, there's a message. And the message of the vision is fear not, for I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now, I want to share with you, and I shared this before with Journey Church. I want to share with you what does exceeding great reward mean. And I'm going to pull this up right here, and I'm going to show this to you in the, the Greek, in the Hebrew, excuse me, of exceeding great. Okay. Exceeding means ever increasing, wholly speedily, greatly, force, might, abundance, abundantly. Hallelujah. Superabundance to a great degree. So he's going to be uh, ever increasing, a great uh, and continuous ever increasing great reward. This word great means multiply, increase. So he's going to be your, your ever increasing, your ever increasing multiplying reward. And that word reward is wages, pay, or hire. Let me show that to you here. It's the word sakar. Wages, pay, or hire. So this literally, God is telling to, 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 to Abraham, not only is my, am I going to supply all your needs according to my riches and glory, we understand in the New Testament, according to Philippians 4.19, that God will supply all our needs. But the covenant is much deeper than supplying your needs. So we've settled with that. We've settled with contentment that there's food in our belly and roof over our house. But that's not the fullness of the blessing of Abraham. The fullness of the blessing of Abraham is that not only would I supply all your needs, but that he said, I am thy shield. I am your shield. I will protect you from Corona. I will protect you from poverty. I'll protect you from the plague. I'll protect you from a personal economic crisis. I will be a shield. I will be your defender. And I will be your ever-increasing wage provider. I'll be your ever-increasing money Supply, hallelujah. In other words, God will be your ATM. Your ATM. Now, I know some of you sisters watching, you thought that your boyfriend was your ATM. Well, I got news for you, hallelujah. He is not your ATM, especially after marriage. <laughs> after marriage, things change. God, your boyfriend, your husband is not your ATM. God is your ATM. He is your ever-increasing money supply. He is Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees the need of his children and provides. Matter of fact, even as God revealed himself as El Shaddai, that means the many-breasted one. I don't know if you've ever seen an, a, a mammal uh, feeding his the, their, their babies. They have many nipples on them. And all the little babies can all eat and be supplied at the same time. 
time. But not only are you going to be supplied, but he said, I am thy exceeding, abundantly, ever increasing, magnanimous, too much overflow, more than enough that you can be a blessing to all nations of the earth. I am the source and supply of overflowing abundance. This is how God revealed himself to Abraham. Why? Because Abraham needed to make a shift. And you need to make a shift from depending on what you had depended on. In Abraham's case, it was his father, his, his family, and, and his, his father's house, his father's uh, you know, resources. And God says, you got to come out of that, go to another land, and there... I will increase you more and more. I will bring super abundance, ever increasing financial supply. The blessing was so strong and so real that even in Abraham's grandchildren's life and his children's life, I believe it was Isaac that he had increased so great in a time of famine that the king of Harar had to ask him to leave the country because he was too wealthy, that he had more staff than the king had soldiers. He became so great and so wealthy under the blessing of Abraham. And that's the same blessing that you have. But you have to make that shift. And so now God had to speak to Abraham and tell Abraham, you have to make that shift from depending on what you knew and depend on me. And I'll be your shield. I'll bless him to bless you. I'll curse him to curse you. I'll be your shield. And I will become your ATM, your source and your supply, God and God alone. Not your job, not your wife, not your family, not your uncles and relatives. I'm going to be your supply and I'm going to be an abundance and exceedingly wage provider. That's what it says in the Hebrew. Exceeding great reward is a terrible translation. It should be exceedingly multiplying, ever increasing wage supplier. That's what it should say in the Hebrew. God said, Abraham, I am going to be your source of wealth. Hallelujah. It, finding a revelation of Jehovah Jireh, getting the revelation of El Shaddai is greater than striking oil. It's greater than finding gold. Hallelujah. It's greater than a Eureka uh, striking oil moment. Once you get a revelation, a Eureka in your spirit that he is El Shaddai, that he desires to bless you and to increase you more and more, that he desires for him to be your sole supply of financial prosperity and abundance, and then it's ever increasing. It's never diminishing. He is the God that multiplies, not the Lord thy God that subtracteth. He is the God that multiplies. Then you can begin to switch off the system that's going down. The system that is being rigged by the elites to bring poverty, to bring starvation, to bring cannibalism, to bring destruction. Do you know how many elites, this whole, this whole BLM thing and riotings and COVID virus, 
All this stuff was planned. Rockefeller's foundation plan in 2010, written in their documentation to, to, for this COVID virus to release in 2020. Last year's Sunrise Group, which is a militant, a militant uh, uh, group, they began to train BLM and Antifa to start riots, waiting for a trigger point to start riots. And the trigger point was George Floyd. All of these things have been narrated and been planned out by the enemy. And do you know that, that we had more, not more, I mean, I, I don't even know, I, I need to be careful how I word it because I don't need you to understand this. Do you know that dozens and dozens of CEOs cashed out of the stock market starting in December and, and then into January, right before the COVID virus, right before the ECQs and quarantines, dozens and dozens of CEOs, just look, just Google it. Matter of fact, let me Google it and show it to you. Because you might think I'm lying. They all cashed out. And do you know how many of them moved out of America and moved to New Zealand before the riots took place? Because they have architected and planned for mass destruction and mass death. And they've architected and planned for a collapse of the economy. And they are prepared for it. And they had cashed out and left. And that's the system that you've been depending on. And the only way to circumvent that is to get on God's system, which will never go down. Let me show you the CEO's resign. CEO's resign in 2020. Hallelujah. Record number. Hallelujah. <laughs> Record number ever in history, right before this collapse. Record number. Record number of CEOs resigning, 2020. Record number of CEOs have stepped down or announced they're stepping down in 2020. In fact, let me pull this up to you. Let me show this to you. Let me screen share. Let me share this. Screen share, boom. Okay, Groupon CEO just stepped down, joined a slew, look at this, a slew of executive departures in 2020, including Bill Gates, who's leaving the board of Microsoft, and Berkshire Hathaway. You guys also know Jack Ma just stepped down. Everybody knows Jack Ma stepped down. March 25th, this CEO, that CEO, this CEO, so on. Watch this. Let's go to the article. Uh, tobacco, Alter, Howard Willier, Bill Gates announced whatever. So executives stepped down to announce several notable, look at this, several notable executives have stepped down or announced they're stepping down in 2020. In fact, look at this, January 2020 set a record for the most CEOs departures in the U.S. in one month, 219. 219 CEOs who are making, I don't know what they're making, you know. <laughs> uh, you can look that up too. What are they making? What do top CEOs earn? Okay. Top CEOs earn uh, $129 million. Okay. So these guys are making $129 million in a year. Okay, so $129 million a year. 
219 people making about $100 million, $80 million a year quit their job in January before any coronavirus news. Started in two, uh, December 2019 and then into January. Before coronavirus news, before uh, George Floyd, before all the business, Walmarts are being burned down, champs and all the gas stations, and before mass destruction around the world, hundred million people to be starved to death, before economies globally crashed, 219, before there was corona, even though they minted the bat coin to be released in 2020, even though they wrote it all out in the Rockefeller Foundation and planned in 2010, technically speaking, nobody knew there was going to be a coronavirus, but 219 of them resigned in making $100 million a year, and they moved to New Zealand. That's the system that the world, not the 500 million people that the globalists want to keep alive and kill the other, you know, seven, 6.5 billion, not them, not that, but the other 6.5 billion people that are on this system are depending on, including the church. And God never wanted you to depend on that system. That's why the, when he began to call man and he began to call man out, he began to give them another source and supply of economy and to give them a covenant of not just provision, not just my gosh to supply all my needs, but I'll be your exceeding, great, ever-increasing, multiplying money supply, wage provider. God is a wage provider. Get busy doing the work of the kingdom and wealth will come to you. Get busy operating in the kingdom principles of sowing and reaping and wealth will come to you. One of the projects that we're dreaming up and cooking up is called Kingdom Economy. And we're putting together a, a platform and a strategy to help kingdom people do their own farming, get their own land, get their own animals and cows and chickens and mint their own gold and, and get back to gold and silver assets and, and just really uh, get off the world economy and, and build up a kingdom economy which is what we need to do going into this last day. As the Antichrist plan is being rolled out, we, God has a plan, greater plan, to transfer great wealth into this kingdom of God, into the body of Christ, so that we can finance the gospel. And not just for the finance of the gospel, so that he can fulfill his side of the covenant to give you life more abundantly. Abundant life which is what God has for you. What to do in the time of crisis? It's beginning to stop being a hearer of the word and tuning out the tithe and offering sermons every Sunday like it's an airplane uh, announcement to buckle your seatbelt and begin to tune in and begin to say, I need to make the switch. I need to wake up and make the switch to God's economy. And I need to begin to make a switch to God as my ever-increasing wage provider, hallelujah, and you will see the blessing come upon you. Even when Abraham's son said, just give me the spotted and the speckled calf. Give me the worst. Give me the worst, and I'll become the best. Give me the spotted and the speckled sheep, and I will prosper.
Jacob said, I don't need the finest. I don't need the best. Just give me this little bit. In Israel, the Jews said, God gives us the grapes, but it's our job to make the wine. Whatever you put your hands to will prosper when you have faith in the blessing of God. The ever-increasing, great, multiplying, superabundance of God's intention to provide wealth and wages for you in the kingdom. But you can't be a God robber. I'm I'm only talking to tithers. I'm only talking to givers. Because if you're not a tither, you're not a giver. It does not apply to you. You've cut yourself off from the covenant that God gave us. But those of you that are, I'm encouraging you to begin to see not just God as your supply of all your needs, but your ever-increasing Money supply, wage earner. You might have been capped off in your industry, but you're not capped off with Jehovah. God will double your salary in the kingdom if you'll make him your source and supply. God will do the supernatural. And he'll reveal to you in a dream, a promotion, a job change, a, a financial blessing coming your way, a car, a house. And that's given to you by the Spirit so you can latch your faith onto it and take that low-hanging fruit and give birth to it through faith because faith is a real tangible source that must be released to apprehend. It's a vehicle that takes and transports what's provided to you in the Spirit and brings it into the physical realm. Faith is not just, oh, I believe. It's a power that's released. And that's why sowing seed releases faith. Because as you let go of what you think you have need of, it releases the desperation to believe. And that's why seed sowing is a great way to release faith. It's not the only way, but it is a great way that Oral Roberts discovered on. Amen. This is what you do in the time of crisis. Watch this. Share this. Remember it. As we move forward and you find yourself in a hard time, remember this message. Or if you obey the doctrine and the theology and the the inspiration, the encouragement of this message, and you obey it and you begin to prosper, share these truths with others as they see you increase and they see you blessed. There's countless of testimonies, countless of testimonies of people that I've met in the last few weeks that have increased, that are making more money now than they ever had during this COVID virus. Because they decided a long time ago, they're going to live by their giving. They're going to live by the kingdom supply. That God's going to be their source and nobody else. Hallelujah. It's time for a wealth transfer. I'm going to have on our show Clive Pick, and he's going to be speaking to us. He's He's an authority on giving authority of prosperity, and authority of overflow and wealth for the believer. And we're going to have him on our show, and he's going to be teaching us about the, the, uh, the coming wealth transfer to the believers, to the church, and we'll have him on here soon. We love you. We want to give you a chance to give. We're going to have a, a song put up uh, where you can worship and enjoy. We're going to give you a chance to give and sow into this ministry uh, today, and we'll be back with you to pray over your seed. In Jesus' name.
and creation, his pride and adoration, treasures woven by his love. His careful hands they hold us, safe within his promise of calling and of destiny. We're heaven's bond creation, his pride and adoration, treasures woven by his love. His careful hands they hold us, safe within his promise of calling and of destiny.
Praise the Lord. Are we back now? Hallelujah. Amen. I think we're back. Praise God. So we just want to thank you for giving today, sowing, be a part of our ministry. This was a, a great message. I have to go. I'm a couple hours late for uh, the Kennedy Space Center. I'm taking my kids to the Kennedy Space Center to see the, the spaceships and to see uh, to meet some of the astronauts and so forth. Uh, God bless us with an open door there. So we love you all. We're praying for you. Father, I pray for their seed. I pray for their sowing. I pray for their giving. I, I don't want anyone to just give or to sow, Father God. But I'm looking for peoples that will learn and be inspired to live by faith and trust you, Father God to come off dependency of the world system and see the supernatural divine provisions of God. We take you at your word. We ask you, Father God, in Jesus' name, to quicken to the covenant of your promise, God, to bring supernatural increase to everyone sowing into this ministry, Father God, partnering with us, or even, even tithing into their local churches and sowing. We pray for increase, supernatural blessings father god oh god look down upon your bride your church and remove every wrinkle and spot and blemish father god let her begin to shine in the glory of purity and favor and authority and wealth and blessing father god in the name of jesus we pray amen amen okay we love you all god bless you enjoy the outro credits and we'll be with you on Wednesday. Hallelujah. We had to stop the recording at that point, but you might be listening right now and you say, Pastor Joey, I wanted to pray that prayer. If I was there, I would have prayed with you. I'd like to pray right now, as a matter of fact. I'd like to give my life to Jesus Christ. I would like to have God in my life, and I'd like to know Jesus as my Savior and my Lord and surrender my life to Him. You know, repentance means to turn away from your way of doing things and to turn to God's way. We've done things our own way. Like they used to say in Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, when I did the 12 steps, they said, your best decisions and your best ways of thinking and your best ways to handle life have gotten you to this situation. And now it's time to trust a higher power. Well, there is no higher power than the God of all the earth. His name is Jehovah. And he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And through him, you can turn from your way of doing things to his way. And his way is the right way because he made you. And he made you for a purpose. And he knows exactly what you need to pull out your potential to forgive you of your sins, deliver you from the things that keep you away from God in a sin and death cycle. And if you'd open up your heart to him right now, together with me, God can begin a new work in your life. So just pray with me wherever you're at, whether you're driving your car, whether you're at home, 
uh, wherever you are, just, just pray with me and repeat after me. Say, Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. I believe that your son died for my sins. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. From this day forward, I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that prayer, I'd like you to contact me. And we can send you some more resources and materials that can help you start this new life. Because this is the first day of the rest of your life. Email me at joe at nationsabroad.com or email the church at nfcontact at gmail.com. And we'd love to speak with you and just correspond with you and put you on the right path. Maybe help you find some local churches there online or something. Or maybe we know some pastors there that can follow up with you and help teach you the Word of God. Thank you for listening. And feel free to download the other podcasts and just feed on the Word of God.